1: The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action boss. Alright, here we go. From the 10th, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God. Oh, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money.
1: Alright. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway
0: what is up everybody and welcome to the action network nfl player projections podcast for week six presented by FanDuel. i am your host chris raybon joined as always by one of the top fantasy football rankers and odds makers in the game the odds maker sean kerner shahan what is going on
1: What's up? Uh, had, had a pretty good week five, uh, ended up winning a couple units, even though it seemed like a frustrating week, ended up on top. Um, did good in DFS, and I saw that our, our lineups uh, cashed this week, so that's always nice to see that we didn't have any injuries or anything mess them up. But yeah, overall, a good week. Looking forward to week six, and we, we finally get bye weeks, and I, I think bye weeks kind of help us uh, spend a little bit more time on each matchup, so I always love when bye weeks hit, but uh, how was your week five? Uh,
0: came out like a, a half a unit on top
1: Thank I, oh, I killed him. Nice.
0: I killed him prime time, but I had uh, my, fr- <laughs> I think that was my first losing Sunday. Uh, I went like four and five or four and six or something like that. But, uh, the Raiders came through for us. Uh, shout out to oh, your, yeah. shout out to your <laughs> luck rankings. I gave them a shout <laughs> in my write-up, but, uh, yeah, it played out exactly how we kind of, uh, you know, thought it would with well, you know the Raiders finally got some luck go there. And even though it seems like they didn't, if you're a Raiders fan, Like yeah. oh. You know, when, when you hit a 58 yard touchdown on fourth <laughs> and one, I, I consider that pretty lucky. Uh, and then the, and then the Chiefs going for two and missing it also was, was helpful, even though it didn't end up mattering. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty solid week. You know, nice. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill ball oh, yeah. out. I know we both liked him uh, this week, so. Uh, let's get to it for uh, week six, and uh, we have we're going to run through our top five at each skill position. Uh, we'll discuss the players we're high and low on in our projections, and we'll throw out a prop uh, for each position as well. Let's start it up at quarterback. Week six, who are your top five?
1: So I have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray in the top five, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yep, exact same one for me, and I was. <laughs>
0: I was interested to see if you were going to have, I know a lot of people have Mahomes like third or, or uh, uh, you know, third yeah. or fourth, but, I, you know, he's actually coming out like a good point behind uh, even Murray. And I think that's just because, you know, number one, obviously the rushing, you know, those top four give you a little extra on the ground, but number two, the Bills defense has been really good, you know? So yeah. you can't just pre- like, you would expect it to be a shootout and Mahomes to, you know, get some numbers that way. You know, I have his touchdown projection, I think around two, which is, high for a quarterback but uh you know still have the yards you know like 270 or so so um you know that's just out of respect for the bills d so yeah mahomes is number five for me but i think he's uh he's three in consensus so we're a little lower on him
1: yeah and i saw the bills are up to minus three in that game how crazy is that Hey, it's the Gabe Davis effect. Yeah, we were about a year <laughs> early on that game, man, oh, man. We got them at plus one, and now they're minus three. Yeah, I mean, is that uh,
0: it's, it's, it's kind of like a Chiefs play at this point now. <laughs> I hate yeah, to say it. Exactly, I I'll probably stay away. But yeah, it's uh, it's quite Should interesting. Be a good one, though. Yeah, the, the totals I think up to fifty-four. So for
1: fantasy, mm-hmm. that's what we care about. Oh yeah. Uh, who are you high on? Um, I'm actually high on Justin Fields this week. I have him as my <laughs> QB. Yeah, believe it or not. Yo, no, this he, is what
0: happens when you don't fill out the outline. You're oh, always no. stealing my, every time you're still my guy, nah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. This
1: is oh <laughs> my good, god, it looks like it looks like <laughs> I'm same on the low on too. Uh-oh. Uh, I always <laughs> like the surprise though. I always like the surprise. Sure. Yeah, um, me, me too. But yeah, so I'll let you go first on the next one. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all um, but, yeah, so he's my QB 16 now. Uh looks like the consensus is QB20. uh now he, he does benefit from having four teams on a buy. Uh but He's trending up after a brutal start to the season. You know, he's established a very solid rushing floor now, three straight games of 45 or more rushing yards. Uh, He had that 52-yard scramble for a touchdown that got called back. So he almost had a pretty big game. Um, And they have been throwing downfield a bit more to Darnell Mooney. So he could unlock that here against uh, the Commanders, who ranked 29th in DVOA against the pass. They've been pretty vulnerable to downfield passes, too, allowing the fifth-most yards. On pass attempts 20 plus yards downfield. So um after being more of a QB two, three fringe uh for me the past two weeks, he is now a mid-range QB two. So congratulations, Justin Fields. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I you said it very well because <laughs> I had to I literally have them also at QB 16. And yeah, I yeah, and yeah. I feel the same way. Uh he's actually down a QB21 in consensus as oh, we recorded this on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, he had his best game of the week. Throwing the ball, which was encouraging, 15 of 21 for 208. One touchdown, no picks, and only two sacks, which is big. Because, like, every week, whatever defense faces him, they always are, like, my number one defense, like, just because sacks are so much more predictive than any other stat. And uh, so, you know, finally, he's maybe getting the sack numbers down a little bit. Uh, So I like it. And I think with the Commanders, D, it's it's the Carson Wentz effect, right? It's like you face Carson Wentz in practice, and you think that you're playing good defense, and then you realize Carson Wentz is just a bottom tier NFL quarterback <laughs> and your defense is actually not that good when you get in a real game. All right. Uh, I'm low on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> not even letting you go first. No, uh, you go for it. Uh, I got him to be 19. He's a consensus QB 12 for some reason. Uh, listen, love Trevor, but I want to rewatch that Houston Jaguars game, which I know, I know not much to watch, <laughs> but uh you know just really curious. I always love to watch the lowest scoring games first. Um, when I do my rewatch, because just because they came on red zone the least, uh, so yeah, I might they're most like I'm most likely to have missed something in those games. But first of all, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if you, how much you got to see of him, but he's he's missing a lot of throws, like just accuracy wise, like a lot of high throws early in the game, uh, but just not, but just a, like I, I counted maybe. 10 to 12 inaccurate throws. I might, maybe I'm overestimating a little bit, but I'm not liking when I'm seeing it out of the accuracy. And he's averaging just 246 passing yards and 12 rushing yards per game. So, not, obviously, not great. And then only 235 yards and two scores against Indy last game in a game they dominated. So, um, and you know, that was with going 25 out of 30. So if he's if that inaccuracy rears its ugly head, I mean everything was underneath against this coach D. Uh, we gotta respect this coach D uh after you know, just seeing what they've done on the season, you know, they held the Chiefs down. Obviously, they baited Russell Wilson into a horrible game. Uh a lot of that was on Russ, but we'll give the coach D some credit. So yeah, I just don't see how we're getting to QB twelve even in a bye week with uh Trevor. Yep.
1: Yeah, so I'm right there with you with Trevor Lawrence. I'm low on him, although I picked at the outline. This is the last one. we the same. Uh, so <laughs> okay. that's good. But uh, he's my QB 15. Obviously, QB 12 is a bit much. Uh, I think we need to treat him more as a uh, QB two. In the meantime, like you said, he had a pretty rough outing last week against the Texans. Um, and I was happy. I was watching that game. I, I- usually watch Sunday ticket. I have like four or five games on at once. And I was trying to figure out what's going on with OJ Howard. So I was watching this game a little bit too much. But yeah, Lawrence, uh, he looked like shit. Not going to lie. He still has a ton of upside. So eventually I think he will be a QB one in fantasy, but just right now we got to back off a bit. Uh, It was encouraging to see him run a bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, He rushed for 29 yards. I think, you know, that's his first game with 10 or more rushing yards. I think, Uh, One of his upside, he has sneaky rushing upside. So that's, I think, how he's going to be a QB1 going forward. Um, So that was nice to see. But right now, we got to tap the brakes just a bit um, until he he shows a bit more consistency. Uh, Although this isn't too bad of a matchup. You know, the Colts are more of a pass-funnel defense right now. um, So he could come through. But I'm not ranking him inside my top 12 uh, for now.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Colts' defense, like – they they're just a pretty good defense i think you know like it's not (laughs) like like yes they're great against the run but it's not like you know if you're getting teams into third and eight or you know second and long it's still tougher to pass the ball so uh yeah uh lawrence it's just not there for when you score six points against the texans like that's like an automatic downgrade brutal (laughs) uh all right uh i'll i'll i'm up for the quarterback prop Let's go with we gotta go with Russell Wilson here. He's uh Let's
1: he's consensus,
0: <laughs> he's consensus QB 13. So some people, it seems, may still have to consider starting him this week. So we're gonna go with his passing yards, uh, bum shoulder and all. Maybe it's just an excuse. <laughs> Who knows? But uh we're gonna go with 237
1: and a half. Oh man, oh God. I'm I'm at 240 and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't really know what's up the shoulder. Uh, so let's just go with the under okay uh but i don't like it. It, it great line first of all great line but um you know later in the week i'll have a better idea but right now i'm just leaning under uh, it's a uh strained lat or something near his right mm-hmm. shoulder i'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on there but um do you strained, know any strained
0: ego yeah strain. yeah that's
1: exactly that's what i'm thinking um uh, but something's something's definitely up with him he fell uh, off the horse. So... He's off the yeah. horse. He's off the horse. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's his exact prop, like this weekend. I okay. think sportsbooks good. will probably float, but I had to guess like 237 and a half. Like exactly. Hey, so,
0: by the way, speaking of which, I, I had another I had my second perfect line on you in a row. You picked uh under 44 and a half for Algier, and he went, he hit 45 rushing. <laughs> oh <laughs> Two damn. Two in a row. <laughs> what well, was our record last week? Uh, we, we, we all beat each other and you, well one of them, like none of us got any of the props right, which means as the books, oh, okay. but, but, uh, one of yours got like pile fits it did not play. Oh, so, shoot. Uh, yeah. So we have to, we have to figure out a way, like what to do in those situations. If it's like, well, a- you
1: run the tiebreaker with your good Algier prop, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm keeping track. I, I put a little asterisk okay, uh, cool.
1: on the sheet. So yeah, I'm
0: it yeah. all, but you're ahead though, for the season, uh, you have, I think one more okay. than I have. So Hanging Uh, in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay.
1: Running back top five. Oh, yes. Here we go. Okay. Number one, Ramondre Stevenson. (laughs) Shows over. Like, what else do we need to talk about? Uh, Then I have Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor at number four, and Christian McCaffrey, number five. I have
0: uh, Saquon number one, Ramondre Stevenson number two. (laughs) Low on Ramondre. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey three. (laughs) Taylor four, Eckler five, uh, Chubb would be six. So Chubb would be in there if Taylor sits again, essentially. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, love for Andre this weekend. <laughs> I mean, what I think is Pierre Strong going to get any touches, any snaps, even? Like,
1: uh, probably not, right? <laughs> if anything, it'd be JJ Taylor. He's, um, he's still
0: there. Oh, he's on the practice yeah. run. Oh, oh yeah.
1: You know, Belichick loves him. So if yeah, there's yeah. anybody that, Uh, they'll probably trust to touch the ball outside of Stevenson it would have to be Taylor Um, but obviously Pierre is going to be active Um, he does have some upside but it's probably not going to happen this week Uh, so (laughs) it's one of many reasons why has why I have Stevenson uh, number one love it Uh, who are you high on Uh, let's just go let's stick with Ramondre Stevenson um, yesterday on Twitter, I was kind of freaking out because I was, as I was doing my initial, uh, projections, I realized that Stevenson was my RB two. Uh, and then once I finished my projections, he was RB one. Yeah. So where do I even begin? But obviously Damien Harris is out, uh, with his hamstring injury. So that's, that's why he is so high in my model. Um, but you know, Ramadre should take over all that early down work goal line work that Harris is leaving behind, but he's also, their main pass catching back as well so he's going to have a massive workload he has been ridiculous on the ground this year averaging 5.5 yards per carry nick chubb like i would say Mm -hmm. and he's facing a browns d that ranks dead last against the run in dva and we don't really know who's starting at quarterback for the patriots but i'm guessing either way it'll be a pretty conservative run heavy game script where they even dump the ball off to stevenson quite a bit as well um so just everything and you know Barkley's a little bit banged up a little bit tougher matchup Jonathan and Taylor we don't know if he's playing so all these things lead to Stevenson being my number one running back this week and I love it
0: yeah man I mean I, I there's a real possibility that he gets like 100% of the snaps because <laughs> yeah. they only had two backs up last week like they, they deactivated right. strong just so they could have like a whole bunch of receivers active or something like the weirdest Patriots are so weird. Like I swear,
1: it's like, which does scare me having Stevenson as number one, you know, Belichick's going to screw that up somehow, but for now, he's my top running back. And just one real quick, one other guy I'm pretty high on this week is Cam Akers. Um, He's my, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know right
0: I i'm <laughs> kidding him
1: I, all I was season kidding. but this, like is him the week. Yeah. this is the week to invest in him because you know he's my rb 24 the consensus is rb 29 right now but he dominated the early down work uh, for the rams as always last week but he came for 80 87 percent of the rush attempts daryl henderson didn't even get a rush attempt last week so in a game where the rams should blow out the panthers um this is a perfect spot for cam makers to have a pretty big game so uh, I like him this week as a low end RB2.
0: Yeah, I'm uh you know, I think he's uh he's interesting guy. We'll talk about him in our in our DFS episode, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's an interesting guy this week uh, to do some things. Uh I am high on once again Raheem Mostert. I have him RB16. He's RB23 in consensus. Uh talked about this last week, but his snap share has been steadily going up. Uh, so it went from 42% in week 1 to 55% week 2, 56% in week three and then these last two weeks he's been 72 percent and 69 percent so um going from the 40s and 50s to the 70s in terms of percentage of snaps played and uh, his touches in the last three weeks 10 17 19 he's averaging 5.1 yards per touch to chase Edmonds' 4.2 so uh, i think they're going to keep feeding and mostert as long as he is healthy and this viking defense you know not the greatest defense uh uh, against the, uh, against the run. So I think this is going to be another pretty good spot for moster. The Vikings are 23rd in DVOA against the run. So love me some Moster. And uh, another guy is uh, Travis Etienne Jr. Have him RB23. He's RB28. He's another guy that's kind of slowly, but surely taken over his backfield. Uh, his snaps the last four, 37%, 43%. Fifty-one percent, fifty-three percent. He's averaging six point two yards per touch to James Robinson's four point three, so almost a two-yard gap. Obviously, he gets more reception, so that's why part of that. But uh, he's just looking like the more explosive guy in that backfield. Maybe Robinson's kind of hitting a wall uh, in that return from his Achilles uh, injury. So, uh, like uh, ETN, and I, you know, I know the Colts have a, a strong run defense, but I do think ETN will at least be able to kind of. Get, get some things going in the passing game. And uh, I think they're going to need it, you know, just mm-hmm. looking at what, what's been going on with Lawrence and, and that pass game, maybe they haven't really been able to to connect with Kirk. And so uh, like ETN this week, even though I think people are going to shy away just because of the Colts, uh, you know, matchup on paper.
1: Yeah, love that Mozart call, and I feel like we've been banging the table for him for a couple weeks now. Mm. Um, and it looks like Chase Edmonds got leapfrogged by Miles Gaskin last week. I'll have to see when he got those touches. Yeah, it was a blowout, but like that's a pretty big development. So I mean, this is obviously Mozart's backfield, um, and it looks like Edmonds and Gaskin are kind of fighting over who the backup is. So yeah, uh. while Mozart is healthy. Um, I love him.
0: He looks like Gaskin got one, two, three. Oh, he must
1: have gotten four. a lot of work at the five. Of, five
0: of the opportunities he got on the last drive and then another one on the drive before that. So, yeah, he did. I mean, it was mostly the blowout. But, I mean, Edmonds, Edmonds has only had, saw
1: one touch. So. Yeah, he's been kind of getting
0: phased out, yeah. you know, even before that from Mostert. So, if anything, Mostert might actually get the Gaskin touches. Yeah. <laughs> from last week, so – Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's a top 20 back until proven otherwise.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Who are you low on? Um, So I'm actually low on Dalvin Cook this week. Uh, He's my RB11. Um, The consensus is RB6, which is where you'd expect the most weeks. But Alexander Madison has been eating into Cook's usage lately. Um, That's probably due to the shoulder injury. So um, I'm sure once Cook is closer to 100%, maybe he'll be the workhorse back again. Um, But, uh, you know, Madison had the same route participation as Cook last week at 39%. He's eating into his rush attempts. Um, And this game is in Miami. Um, It's starting to cool off Miami. looks like it'll be 85 degrees there. But um, in that kind of heat, you know, you'd expect a guy like Cook to need a couple more breathers. Um, So for this week, uh, I would say for the short term, I'm a little bit low on Cook. But like I said, I think this could be temporary until his shoulder is 100%. Um, So I view him more as a low-end RB1, really not any like massive change there, but just something to keep an eye on. And then J.K. Dobbins, um, I have him as my RB25 right now. Consensus is really high on him. RB16, I don't really get it. Um, And I said, you know, back in week four, I thought he was due for a breakout. I liked his underlying usage um, in his return where he was going to be limited, but You know, mid-range RB2 seems a bit too high. His upside is still fairly limited. Uh, Justice Hill was out last week, but Kenny and Drake inherited pretty much all those touches. Um, So Dobbins didn't really see that much more work with Justice Hill out. And now Gus Edwards might actually return to action this week. So that could cut into Dobbins' early down work as well. So I just think the ceiling is a little bit low on Dobbins and he doesn't provide, uh, you know, high enough floor to be treating him like a high-end RB2. So I, I view him as... More of a high-end RB3 flex option, so I'm I'm like 10 spots lower than consensus right now.
0: Yeah, I'm actually uh, RB28 on Dobbins, oh. so I have him 10, 10 carries for 43 and, and 1.5 catches for 11, about .45 yeah. total touchdowns. Uh, Harbaugh did say he's on a pitch count, so... Um, I'm Oh, take still, that, yeah. Take yeah. that for what it's worth. And, uh, yeah, I agree with, I actually have cook RB 13. So I'm actually lower on these guys. Yeah, than you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, uh, I totally agree. I think Madison just, they've, they've been kind of trying to find a way I think to get Madison, you know, some, tu- you know, some snaps because he's a good player as well. And I think they've decided to use him, uh, in the passing game a little more. So cook, you know, even this has kind of been his, his carry shares remain pretty stable, injury or not it's been mm-hmm. right around 70 percent of the backfield touches and then uh like as you said the route participation has been trending down the last three games for cook it's 33 48 and 39 percent whereas madison's 26 36 39 so yeah um you know it's it's he's still i still have him for 17 carries 66 yards and two and a half catches for 18 but uh that don't yeah that only equates yeah. to is madison to
1: inside your top 40 then
0: He's uh 43 at the moment. Oh, he's, okay. uh Six, six carries for 23, uh 1.7 catches for 13, about 0. 0.25 total touchdown. So yeah, he's hovering around there.
1: Yeah. Cause he's, he's always been a true handcuff where you can't play him and Delvin cook is healthy, obviously, but when cook is out, he's like a top five running back. Mm-hmm. But if Madison were to ever carve out a role where, you know, he's inside our top 35, let's say, and he he's, you know, kind of a sneaky flex play then he would shoot up like then i would really you know value him but uh for now he's still outside my top 40 but that's sort of the threshold when it comes to my rb upside rankings is a guy like him that has a ton of upside if he could ever sneak into the flex discussion it makes him even more valuable yeah but we're not there yet obviously
0: yeah we'll see what he does this week and uh like you said it's it is that miami heat so maybe he gets a few more snaps than he's even been getting uh, I am low on James Robinson, which makes sense because I'm high on ETN. Uh, this is obviously, a, the t- this is where I think the matchup hurts more because he's a more traditional between the tackles runner. Uh, but his snaps the last four games, 63%, 58%, 47%, and bottoming out at 40% last game. His touches have gone 25, 28, 12. So from averaging over 20 touches to averaging about 10 uh, over the last two weeks, uh, Indianapolis allowing the fourth fewest rushing yards per game, uh, the third lowest yard per carry average at 3.4. Uh, and uh, as, as mentioned, ETN is just looking like the more explosive player right now. So uh, low on Robinson at RB29. The consensus is still at RB20. And uh, Najee Harris, I mean, it, it's, it's just going downhill. Another tough matchup uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, His snaps the last three games have gone 80%, 75%, 49%. And I know it was a blowout last week, but Mike Tomlin said he was quoted as saying, we've been playing Jalen Warren more and will continue to do so. Uh, That's via a Wally on Twitter, one of the Steelers beat reporters. So I don't think we should have much confidence in Najee Harris right now. He's outside of my top 24. He's RB 25. The consensus still has him inside uh, the top 20 at RB 19. So, uh, I I just don't see
1: it for him this week. Yeah, just Harris is brutal because kind of the only thing we banked on with him was volume, and with Warren emerging, we can't even bank on that anymore. So um, I wonder what you can get in the trade market for him. I'm sure he's still valuable valued as sort of a mid range RB two. So if I have him, I'm trying to sell. Well, you can. You know? Oh,
0: you so you think he's only going downhill from here?
1: Uh, yeah, like unfortunately um i just don't see any upside with him going forward because the offensive line stinks and warren has looked legitimately good um both as a runner and a pass catcher uh i'm just very worried about the quote you just gave from tomlin especially <laughs> but yeah just warren cutting into his workload at all is concerning because that's again that's the reason we like harris is we can give him you know 85 of the carries and all the receiving work and with horrible efficiency but if if he's not getting the touches, then what else are we banking on here? So, um, I am very concerned with Najee Harris's value going forward.
0: Yeah, Warren actually led the Steelers in
1: rushing yards
0: last week. Right, with twenty-four. So that tells you what uh, Najee with did.
1: less than half the attempts. Right.
0: Um. Okay, what, where are you going with the prop?
1: Gotta go through Andre Stevenson. Uh, total <laughs> rushing. Okay. And receiving yards, um I am setting the line at 103 and a half. Uh I will go over. I have it at oh, Damn it. I have
0: the average at 118. So yeah, the median would still be
1: higher than 103. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I was hoping I would have the over here, I, but uh, I thought I set a pretty high line, but you, you still <laughs> took it.
0: I have it at a 19, I have 20 carries for 95 yards and Three and a half catches for 23. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you projecting Barkley out if he's, <laughs> if he's at uh, number two? Let's uh, see. Be... <laughs> Bar- Barkley, I
0: got 19 for 85 and 4.2 for 30. And But uh, his touchdown oh. projection is is high. His touchdown yeah. is about 0.8, whereas Stevenson's is 0.76. So, yeah, they're, they're yeah, pretty they're close. Just... Yeah, they're pretty yeah.
1: close. Fair enough. All right. Damn, <laughs> I was hoping I would have you over there. <laughs> um, why receiver, top five? Uh, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Debo Samuel, and Jamar Chase. I have Cup,
0: Jefferson, Diggs, Chase number four, uh, and Debo
1: fifth. Oh, okay. Um, how many? Uh, how many carries are you expecting Debo for this week? That's been interesting. I have Debo at three carries. Okay, same. <laughs> you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep, it's it's been right. trending down.
1: It's been trending yeah. down. But it's it's been leading to more uh, receptions. So that's that's yep. the trade off. Okay, who are you high on? I am high on Rondell Moore this week. Um, he has a great matchup against the Seahawks. So uh, I have him as my wide receiver 36 compared to the consensus of uh, wide receiver 45. Um, and he's been seeing a ton of playing time, you know, 94% routes run in his debut last, uh, you know, week four, 91% last week. Um, and he should command, you know, an 18 to 20% target rate, um, as long as DeAndre Hopkins is out for at least one more game. Um, and, you know, he's good for one or two rush attempts per game. So I think he has a really high floor for, you know, a low-end wide receiver three flex option this week. Um, so love him based on this matchup. I think the against the Seahawks is the perfect setup for him. Um, and this this will be the week to play him because, like I said, Hopkins is returning next game. So if you have run him more, use him this week. Um, and then I got to stick with Adam Thielen. Uh, he's my wide receiver 21 the consensus is still just wide receiver 29 right now but i like this matchup against the dolphins um you know despite having a good secondary they rank dead last in dvo against the pass um and feeling he's established himself as a solid floor sort of wide receiver 2 right now with his underlying usage last week ran out on 100% of kirk cousin's drop backs um so right now i think we can pencil him in for 4.5 to 5 receptions a game with this underlying usage and he's only scored one touchdown so far. So, again, he's due for some positive touchdown regression. Uh, we have yet to really see his ceiling yet. So, I'm still treating him as a low-end wide receiver, too. Yeah, it's
0: it's been a struggle because I have him, I think, wide receiver 22 as well. Um, but uh, it's just he hasn't had, like, a blow-up game. But the underlying usage as you mentioned it's is – coming. Is, yeah, it's there. Uh, I actually have Rondell Moore as wide receiver 24. So, I, <laughs> I, I am a plus 10 on your plus – Nine. Wow. (laughs) Um, But like, so the thing about Rondo Moore, the narrative coming into the air was he's going to be used more downfield, right? Well, hasn't happened. His average depth of target is 5.4. But what does that do? When you have an average depth of target that low, it means you're going to catch a very high percentage of your passes. And he's also, like you said, running a route over 90% of the time and getting targeted a decent amount, you know, 18%. So, you know, I haven't projected for five catches. You know, a little over five catches. Only... Just around 50 yards, but, you know, we're talking half PPR, full PPR here. Um, And in a game where the Cardinals, you know, it's the the second highest total. Yeah, the second highest total. uh, And the Cardinals have the second highest implied total on the slate at uh, 26.75 points. So this is a a game where his touchdown projection is going to be higher than usual. And uh, yeah, projected him for about five scores. And who knows, maybe Marquise Brown runs into... Tariq Woolen, who's just been <laughs> balling out for the Seahawks this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like everything about Rondale. And besides, he, he you can usually bank on a, a rush attempt from Rondale as well. He's got one in both of his active games so far. So I have him only projected for a half a rush attempt. But, uh, yeah, have him for five and a half catches, 50 yards, and .36 touchdowns. So. And
1: I haven't I haven't thought about it yet, but um, with James Conner and Daryl Williams, uh, very iffy to suit up this week. If they're both out, uh you know we might end up projecting Rondell for a few carries right like you yeah. could definitely use him as more of a debo role we'll see if cliff kingsbury can figure that out but i, I think i didn't even think of that if th- those running backs are out uh his projection will definitely go up
0: yeah rondell Moore, devin duvernay like the the poor man yes. debo samuel <laughs> yep <laughs> um if only it was elijah moore um uh, <laughs> All right, for me, yeah. So Rondell Moore was one, and then got to go with my dude Gabe Davis, our our guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to how yo? Two of the most amazing plays. Uh, I mean, one of them was all Josh Allen, but the first one, like, how about a third and ten? What was it? Third and nine, third and ten from the two yard line. Josh Allen just lets it. Gabe Davis just beats double coverage off the the ball. Like just it was
1: wide open <laughs> 28 yards on the field. Yeah. Josh Allen said, "Screw that." Right. Just <laughs> but like, how do you,
0: how do you beat – Two people off the ball on a third and ten from the two. Like he just ran, he just split the double, ran right by one over this, past the corner, past the safety, 98 yard. And then gets like a, what a 60 yarder where he catches it with one hand.
1: Are are you giving that one to Josh Allen? No, no.
0: No, the first one I give it to, I give both of them actually to Davis, but I said the first one was a great Allen throw too. The second one was just like Davis one hands it. Uh, the defender has like almost every receiver gets that ripped away. You catch yeah. it with one hand and the defender is using two hands somehow manages to rip it away. So now he's up to two catches for 160 and two touchdowns on a day. Uh, and let's remember last game against the Chiefs, eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns on 10 targets. So uh, I have him wide receiver 15. He's wide receiver 19 in consensus. I might end up even higher depending on uh, what happens, you know, throughout the week. But uh, yeah, really love Gabe Davis this
1: week. Yeah. You got to wear that shirt on uh, this week. Uh,
0: I I did order some new ones. So hopefully we'll see if it (laughs) comes.
1: No, but that's Uh, the OG one, but yeah, right there. I'm right there with you. I can't let you be on an island with Gabe Davis uh, being over consensus. I'm right there with you at wide receiver 15. Yeah. Uh, Just massive, massive ceiling. And yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, if, if that's any other receiver probably gets an interception there. Yep. Um, so that was all Gabe Davis on that catch, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And he's, and he's healthy. Cause like, remember like yeah. half of the year, he was, he was kind of banged up and uh, he's, he's still 14th in receiving yards per game despite playing Like probably half of his games banged up. So
1: love yeah, Gabe. That, that was a question I got on Twitter. I, my apologies if I didn't get to answer, but somebody asked like, are you concerned about that slow stretch? He just had, but he was hurt, right? He came back mm-hmm. from the ankle injury maybe a little bit too soon, but we like, I gave him some, cut him some slack for the past couple of weeks. Uh, but the underlying usage is there, and Josh Allen just loves yoloing it to Gabe Davis. That's exactly what we wanted with him. You know, he's a downfield threat, sort of a red zone weapon. So um, that's why we drafted him where we did. Uh, he just has a massive, massive ceiling. So uh, I forgave him those uh, couple rough games uh, in week three and week four. Yeah, he's out here mossing dudes. <laughs> like <yeah. All> right. <laughs> who you low on? Um, I am low on unfortunately Drake London. Um, again, my favorite rookie receiver this year, but this is a tough, tough spot facing this Niners defense. Um, so he's my wide receiver 32 to open the week versus the consensus has him wide receiver 25. Um, plus it looks like he picked up a knee injury last week. I don't know if it's serious, but Obviously, something we have to monitor. He might not be 100%, which would be absolutely necessary to you know be able to put up a good game against this stingy Niners defense. So I'm low on Drake London, and I'm also low on Tyler Boyd. Um, I have him as my wide receiver 45, but consensus is still treating him you know as a low-end wide receiver three. They have him wide receiver 38 right now. Um, but uh, he was fairly quiet last week, uh, caught three balls for 32 yards, even though T. Higgins was essentially out that game. Um, and it looks like you know, I think Hayden Hurst is really starting to eat into what uh, you know, Tyler Boyd's role. So I think we're gonna have to monitor that going forward. But as of now, I- I'm pretty low on Boyd and I consider more of a you know wide receiver 50 option than the sneaky uh low-end wide receiver three we're used to, just because of uh Hayden Hurst's emergence.
0: Yeah, I wonder if if it, people must be maybe they're expecting T. Higgins to miss the game. I mean. Uh, you know, I kind of adjusted for that, and yeah, I have a mm-hmm. wide receiver 45 as well, three and a half catches for 45 for Boyd with 0.27 touchdowns. Um, and I think the reason we're probably both low on Boyd is his targets per route is 11 percent. Uh, that is not good, like the, you want to get you know at least to like 18 is around we yeah. got 18 18 half. um, you want to get at least to you know there if you're talking about a top you know 40, 50 guy, and then. Hayden Hurst, to your point, not great, but it's 16. So it's like, and then Mixon's is 20. So it's like Boyd is literally the fifth option uh, unless Higgins is out, but he's still the fourth option. Uh, And, you know, that's just not going to cut it at this point, especially for a guy who's a slot receiver. Uh, So it's like his his average at the target is not going to be massively high. Like I think it's, let's see what it is this year. Yeah, 10.7, which is pretty average. So um, yeah, not, not loving Boyd either. Uh, I am low on, I feel like I'm saying this every week, but Elijah Moore, (laughs) Elijah Moore is my Uh, wide receiver 58 and, uh, he's still the consensus wide receiver 39. So it's, so people are still kind of viewing him as like on that fringe, start sit in, in deeper leagues and, you know, 12 team leagues where you start three receivers in a flex. Uh, I don't think you should start this dude at this point with Zach Wilson. Actually, no, let's do it the other way without Zach Wilson. Here's Elijah Moore's career receiving numbers without Zach Wilson. Every other quarterback, Flacco, White, all of them combined, 64% completions, eight and a half yards per target, 13.2 yards per reception, and a 7.1% touchdown rate, which is touchdowns into targets. Uh, and then with Zach Wilson, 46% completion rate, 5.3 yards per target, 11.6 yards per catch, and a touchdown rate of 2%. So he's dropping 18% in catch rate. He's dropping. Uh, over three yards in yards per target. He's dropping a over a yard and a half in yards per reception. And he's dropping over 5% in touchdowns per target. I mean, and and, and he has the biggest sample with Zach Wilson. So it's that it's very concerning. And Corey Davis actually led the jets in uh, routes run last week. So more actually dipped under 80% for the first time all year. So I still have them all three of the jets top receivers around 85% routes run, but um, I, I just think we, you know, we can't trust more until we see some some kind of chemistry with with Zach Wilson. I actually have Davis ahead of of Moore this week uh, as well. I have Moore only projected for three catches uh, for thirty eight yards, so
1: yeah, not gonna get it done. It's been rough uh, as a Elijah Moore stand. Uh, I think you are right though. His stretch last year, he was the wide receiver two mm-hmm. uh, from weeks eight through thirteen. That a lot of that had to do with Flacco. Um, Mike White, even Josh Johnson, yeah, former XFL or USFL, whichever league legend. Uh, but yeah, it, it's more of a positive, like I'm still high on Elijah Moore, but certainly there's something off there with the chemistry between he and Zach Wilson. So, hate to see it, but he's finally outside of my top 40. I'm finally on the same path as you. Although, I will say 50, uh, what do you have, Matt? 58. 58. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but you have been ahead of the curve there, so I might have to, you know, arm a bit more, but yeah, this. This is not good for Elijah Moore.
0: I mean, I think it's because it was like one of the few things we were like, we're usually not way, way off. But I think I think I was like 30 yards under your Zach Wilson passing line last week or something like. I think oh, you yeah. said you had him at like 250 and I had him oh, really? at like 220 or something. So i him yeah, 223 for this week. So that might be doing it.
1: Yeah, I think that, that brings me back to my favorite Abraham Lincoln quote. Never judge somebody by their Tuesday morning <laughs> player projections. Um, yeah, I was <laughs> very no, high on Zach Wilson At the beginning begin the week. I had 255 passing yards. But uh, later in the week, I had some sense knocked into me, and I was closer to 230. Okay. There uh, we but go. Yeah, yeah, certainly, there. certainly early in the week, I was very, very bullish on the Jets yeah. passing attack. Uh, but uh, sanity has prevailed since then.
0: Hey, give yourself some credit. You had some great calls about early in the week last week. Well, I, I think you had, I think you, what was it? Brees Hall?
1: Um, oh yeah, pre solid.
0: It was a couple of dudes you like Ramondre. I, uh, it, I mean we yeah. Yeah, we both but yeah, like great calls, like way and ahead. The, of the only curve. thing I got
1: right on convinced me. Um uh other than the Bengals plus three and a half was uh Taysom Hill had the highest ceiling <laughs> yeah. of any tight end. Everything else I got wrong, but uh yeah. Taysom Hill. Whoo, we'll we'll get to him later. Oh yeah. Uh <laughs>
0: receiving prop though, uh, we're going with Drake London here. And no. uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a tough one for me because yeah. I'm actually lower than you uh in ranking to open the week. I have not wide receiver 37. Uh but remember the 49ers did lose uh top corner Emmanuel Mosley uh to a torn ACL and they also likely will be without Nick Bosa uh and Jimmy Ward. So this is still a good defense, but it's not the same defense that it's been, you know, over the first 5 games of the year. Uh However, that being said, you know, for anyone that's not quite following, Drake London's routes run or route participation dipped to 68% last week. So that's why we're kind of, you know, need to nail down this projection. Yeah, uh, I'm going to set the receiving line for yardage at 46 and a half.
1: I wrote down 48 and a half. Um, ah, damn it. Uh, I will go with over. That okay. on talent. Um, there's two variables that play here. Okay. Uh, the first one is we don't know if Kyle Pitts is playing or not. Um, the second is, what the hell is your projection for Marcus Mariota passing hours? I think that <laughs> is the critical variable here because uh, I am pretty low. Um, not quite Justin Fields low, but I'm at 170 right now. Whoa,
0: yeah. I got a 199. Not that well. Not that well. Yeah, I just shows cause... how
1: much I love Drake London.
0: Yeah, because I'm saying you yeah, so you have them projected for a much larger percentage yeah. of the
1: receiving um yeah. what
0: what do you have them projected for routes, run?
1: Um that is a great question, let me
0: I have them at 82.5 percent.
1: That is a very particular projection. I do I,
0: I do I do in two point two point five flat. Okay, yeah, so around the same. Um, um I
1: do love when um what game was that where we were posting on Twitter our routes run?
0: Ah, uh, there's the like, Broncos Sauber. Saubert, yeah.
1: Somebody said, I would love to learn how you guys do these. Well, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Right? Th- this is exactly what we're doing. So we're projecting the routes run, you know, how many targets we're going to, we're expecting them to see on those routes run. Yep. Um, and then a few other things, but that that is the bare bones of what we're doing here.
0: Yeah. And the reason I do it in like two, two and a half percent intervals is because uh the average team will have just about 40 dropbacks a little under per game and one into 40 is about two two and a half percent so it's like oh, i can okay. it's like like essentially anytime i in- increase it by two and a half it's like essentially me increasing it by one route so that's I just oh, kind of work, okay. in, instead of doing it like by like 84 85 or five is a little much for me because then it's like it could get you know it's a lot of it's a little more Yeah, i try to do it by two and a half um, for the most part I
1: just I just rounded the nearest whole number so I have 85 percent for him like Zacchaeus, I have 68 percent so I'm, I'm getting particular okay. yeah but just not down to the 0.5 like you yeah but, but that makes sense when you describe it that way
0: yeah I was I, I was Zacchaeus at 60 I, don't, I, I like I'm just I'm just using them their their season long for like the other guys because yeah. like I like it's like the Giants out here it's like you
1: should never oh, know God. nobody is quite like the Giants yeah um
0: okay tight end top five
1: Top five. Let's see. Uh, Travis, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, and then Zach Ertz, Tyler Higbee, Dallas Gutter. I feel like those last three are all like kind of the fancy flex favorites. Yeah. Uh, so it's fun to see them inside the top five this week.
0: I'm going Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Ertz, Higbee. So, um, you know, Kittle is still coming out three for me. It's like he's still running a route over 80 percent of the time. And yeah. so, like, he only played a few games. So I'm still, you know, using some of his priors. He's still... Hashtag good, but I feel like they got to get him going like sooner than later. Like he had the fumble. He's probably kicking himself. I think he also <laughs> had a, a touchdown that he like a near touchdown that he dropped or uh, or whatever. So it's just kind of a bet on talent uh, with me for, for Kiddo. And because this is not really a great tight end week. Like last week I was super yeah. high on Goddard, but this week against Dallas, you know, a lot of pressure, not not quite, and a little more man coverage perhaps. Just not necessarily a great Goddard week. And then Higby, it's like every catch he gets is like a, a, a like a carry. It's like three yards, two yards. <laughs> hey, those are, those are still, uh, yeah,
1: half, yeah, half PPR and full PPR, man. Yeah.
0: No, they do. Like I got I, I got Higby fifth. I'm just uh, who's the guy? I guess Goddard is my sixth. So yeah, just mm-hmm. the, the Eagles this week. You know, this is. This I got a lot of respect for this Dallas D so I'm projecting the Eagles you know one of their lower point scoring totals of the year um kind of in line with Vegas there at you know Vegas has them projected let's see about 20 oh under 24 points this week so you know for an Eagles team that has been um kind of above that 26 27 mark most weeks uh just that's probably what's knocking them out but they're they're essentially tied but I I do like Ertz this week Ertz is um Mm -hmm. He's going up against what is it? The uh, that C- Seahawks defense, and oh, they are God. what are they 32nd in DVOA against tight end, I believe.
1: So they, yeah, that's a yeah, that's the match 33rd. Though, like. I think Alabama <laughs> runs ahead of them. I think oh, we're, we're now dipping yeah. into the uh, you know, minor leagues here. But and, this yeah. is, and you know, it's crazy,
0: you know, it's crazy about that, right? That, what? that doesn't count anything from Taysom Hill. Like, if you look at their fantasy oh, points against tight ends, it's
1: even crazy, yeah. Taysom Hill just had three rushes. Play as many, play like whenever you oh see at Seattle or versus Seattle, just play that person. I don't care yeah. who it is.
0: And and Ert should have had a nut catch. Kyler Murray, man, just overthrew, mm. overthrew him with the game on a line. What a just a mistake filled game for Kyler.
1: <laughs> um, but who are you high on? Um, so I'm high on Taysom Hill. Uh <laughs> he's my tight end nine right now versus the consensus of tight end eleven. It might sound like I'm a week late to the party. But I have been saying he has the widest range of outcomes of any tight end in fantasy football history. Um, And back in week two, I was saying, you know, he's he's a good bench staff just to see what happens. Um, But in hindsight, he's the kind of guy that we should have been playing um, as opposed to, you know, a guy like, I don't know, Noah Fant or some you know, nobody, nobody, nobody was playing. exactly. I'm trying to think of somebody <laughs> you mean, like, you mean, like, maybe Tyler, like, or, maybe uh, like a uh, Gerald uh, Everett, even where yeah, uh, Robert yes, Tunyon or somebody, he, yeah, yeah, Robert Tunyon, perfect example where, yeah, he might be a better bet to score, you know, three to four points. Congratulations. Um, but when it comes to the tight end position, everybody kind of has a really low floor, so Taysom Hill has this godly ceiling and. You know, we just saw it last week. Unfortunately, it's going to be impossible to get him now on the waiver wire. It's going to require, you know, a shit ton of uh fab or your number one waiver. But <laughs> uh either way, like he's the kind of guy in this range. Um, I'm all about playing him. We're not going to see a game like last week again. But I think that um they have said that going forward, they're going to get him more involved in the offense. So I just think he is the Chico play at tight end. Um, And I have been kind of saying that quietly the past uh, few weeks but now that the cat's out of the bag like we just have to go all in with him um so he is a top 10 tight end going forward how,
0: how high did you have him last week
1: I had him if we can explain we we have different things in our spreadsheet where I have like quarterback uh passing projections and rushing projections all that all told I was like uh tight end 13 I believe you were a little bit higher than me
0: yeah I ended um, up tight end 12 but yeah no I mean that's that should like for fantasy pros, that should be really good for both of us. Yeah, I think, yeah, the consensus. <laughs> yep. The I think that was the two top rankings. Absolutely. And the consensus
1: was tight end 29. Yeah. So things like that is really what helps us uh, shoot up into and stay into the top five. Yeah. So I think both of us being high on him uh, yeah. last week was really good for that contest. But um, yeah, but we've been projecting him pretty high for, uh, you know, past few weeks now. When he was healthy, of course, he missed. was it week three or something like that but yeah yeah when he's been healthy we've been projecting him like a top you know sort of 15 tight end
0: yeah i have him for like five carries for 31 yards uh about about three receiving yards and then uh let's see wait where do you rank him this week i'm actually at 14 so i'm a little low i'm like oh yeah so i'm a little further down um I, I last week must have just been a bad tight end week, but he, I mean, he might, it's very close. So, I mean, he, he's going to be in that startable range either way. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock anyone from starting him. It's just more, um you know, the, just re- be prepared for the low floor. That, that's essentially.
1: Oh yeah. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I would say there's only about eight tight ends I would start over him. Um, and even then, like, I, I think when it comes to fantasy football and tight end positions, specifically, if you don't have a top five tight end, you should be shooting for the moon anyway. Um, we kind of talk about that when or it comes to our draft strategy. Once you mm-hmm. have three wide receivers, start shooting for upside. Like, if you're already kind of streaming tight ends or don't have a top five guy, like Taysom Hill is your guy. And you have to expect a wide range of outcomes. But I think it's, it's warranted at this point. Absolutely.
0: Irv Smith is the guy I'm high on, finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> after all that, uh he had a season high 68% uh, route participation rate last week and uh Miami is 29th in DVOA against tight ends they're giving up the fourth most catches per game to tight ends the seventh most receiving yards uh, per game to tight ends at 61 so again it's you know it's bye weeks uh just tight ends. it's all about routes unless you're Taysom Hill it's all about routes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all about routes and uh you know Er Smith is just you know he's he's creeping up there so uh you know don't love it, but he is a guy. I am. I'm tight in eleven on him. Consensus is tight in fifteen. So uh let the, take half of what it's worth, I guess.
1: Uh, would you Would you start Irv Smith over Taysom Hill? Uh, at this point, at early in the week, yes. Uh, yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, like I said, it could go either way. Okay. Let's see. I have, yeah, I have Irv Smith. Let's see, Taysom Hill. I have them separated by point three points.
1: So like, yeah, it could go either. <laughs> Not. A, I'm just saying, shoot for the moon, man. <laughs>
0: Hey, Erasmus has gotta have like a five catch, sixty eight yard, two touchdown game soon one of these days, right? He, right? He,
1: right? He, <laughs> he doesn't have a uh, oh he turns into the quarterback because Andy Dalton goes down in game. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, no, I have I have saying. Hill projected for about uh just under 10 percent of the quarterback
1: no set. oh no I okay. I know I'm, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because that is my prop that I'm gonna offer you so I don't need to reveal anything okay but obviously you know we can only project them for one or two attempts but if Jameis Winston is out this week and Andy Dalton gets banged up in game Taysom Hill would be the quarterback the rest of the game that's kind of what I'm getting at yeah no when it comes to a ceiling like think about that um but yeah, again We'll discuss that uh, more in depth when it comes to our player problem.
0: I figured you were going to go. with David.
1: <laughs> uh, who are you low on? Oh man, I, we're, we're tied on this. So I will let you go first.
0: Tyler Conklin. I feel like every jet, am I just lower on Zach? like, listen, I like no, Zach Wilson. Right. I feel like he's been playing well, but like you can't project this guy from one in like 230 passing yards, at least yet, like until he shows some. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, Tyler Conklin's a consensus tight end 12. I have him tight end 29. And that's not just because of, uh, you know, being maybe low on Zach Wilson. It's because CJ Uzoma ran 54% of the routes last week. Conklin ran 29%. So I don't know if that was a benching, a demotion, an injury. Like, we haven't seen the injury report for this week yet. Uh, but... That's obviously concerning. That's just, that's Albert O levels of like (laughs) going going from like the starter to like a non-factor. So uh, yeah, right now, I mean, he's barely, he's not even like, what are there, 28 teams playing this week? Yeah, he's not even in the top 28. So, uh, uh, and by the way, Green Bay allowing the third fewest catches per game to tight ends at three and the third fewest receiving yards per game to tight ends at 27.2. So not a good matchup. And uh, he was on the field for under a third of the pass plays last week.
1: Yep. I'm right there with you. I have him as my uh, tight end 27, I believe. Um, But, you know, heading into the season, we thought it was going to be a pretty even committee with Uzoma and Conklin. So um, Uzoma, he was banged up in week two and week three, I believe. So now he's healthy. Um and he ran more routes in Conklin last week. We just have to back off from the situation entirely. And like you said, I am I'm pretty low on all the jet pass catchers. Mm -hmm. Um, it really has to do with Brees Hall. Like he is the offense right now. So the only guy I think is really startable is Brees Hall right now. So as a result, you know, a guy like Conklin, he is off the radar. And I don't know why his consensus is tight end 12, other than people just recycling, I don't know, last week's rank to begin the week or something, but um, yeah, he is off the map right now. You should not be starting him. And, you know, until we see him running around over 70% uh, of uh, Zalos' dropbacks, he is not startable.
0: Yeah, I think what people do, I, I, don't, I don't think it's just the recycling. I think it's because people are using the season-long numbers. So it's like, you're, you know, he's yeah. averaging 4.2 catches a game, which I'm sure is pretty high among tight ends. But, yeah, like, you got to take into account usage, you know, changing. And I haven't projected four. I still haven't projected – Uh, So I'm using like half of last week's number and then half of his season long for the route. So I have him projected to run exactly 50% of the routes, you know, just kind of winning it down the middle and uh, I have him at 2.2 catches for 20 yards.
1: So yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And again, I'm not, I'm not knocking consensus that goes back to my Abraham Lincoln quote. I'm not judging consensus based on Tuesday morning projections, obviously, Obviously. but I think either way, we're both going to be much lower than ECR this week. (laughs) Would be my guess. All right, where are we going with the prop? Taysom Hill, total passing, <laughs> rushing, and receiving yards against the Bengals this week. Um, man, this is a tough line to set. Uh, but I'm going with 58 and a half.
0: Ooh, that's a good
1: one. Uh, let's see. I have them. Um... and you can break down the uh yeah. <laughs> the three various yards.
0: I'm, I'm going under. Uh I have it around <laughs> oh, okay. I have it around 52. I have Thirty-one rushing, three receiving, and eighteen passing.
1: It's yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> the the one is contributing to the least. Two is receiving yards. Um, I, I tweeted yesterday that despite Travis Kelsey scoring, you know, four touchdowns, uh, Taysom Hill was still the top tight end <laughs> of the week with zero receptions. That's I mean that's nuts. that's Taysom Hill for you. That is nuts.
0: Yeah. It's, he's only running around about 10% of the time. So, you know, it's, it comes down to his rushing and yeah, yeah, I haven't projected he has spent about 10% of his snaps at quarterback. He's, he's just running on most of them, but I still have yeah. him for a couple of attempts because he did throw, he did throw a touchdown last week. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I haven't projected for about two and a half attempts this week. I, Cause like you said, I think, you know, whether it's Jameis or Dalton, I think, you know, they, they want to get him a couple of those snaps um at quarterback and they're, they're continuing to do that and like the more he has success running the more they can kind of set up those pass plays so
1: and, and yeah. they're,
0: they're going to be big plays like if he hits a pass yep. so yeah I, I have maybe it's aggressive but i have him for 18 pass yards so
1: what was your uh, total projection there uh Sorry, 50
0: man. about 52 so 52
1: okay yeah about
0: 60 yards he's under. not
1: going to end up anywhere near this it'll be like 20 or 80 right yeah right, uh, right i right. should have maybe next week or the next time i have a Taysom hill prop for you um, I'll do a range like I used to like will he finish between <laughs> <laughs> no, 40 <laughs> and 65 yard, you know trying to get a range because that's gonna be tough for him because he has a wide range of outcomes but yeah I think somewhere in that I wonder if, uh, have you been noticing uh, books floating props on him.
0: I haven't seen anything. Uh, We're gonna get
1: some this week, though. For yeah, sure.
0: yeah. I mean, outside of obviously any time touchdown, but uh, yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, honestly, if, if the books gave me a fifty-eight and a half, I would bang the under to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, because oh.
1: right. Yeah, because yeah, median, median you gotta have three
0: median. There's three different medians that you have to like <laughs> lower.
1: Oh um, yeah, man, but yeah, would you actually? You would bet on it though. Yeah, I, I um, think I would. Yeah, yeah, you
0: would. Yeah. Because like, because like, all right. He just broke away on, like, three different runs. It's like, those, yeah. those runs could easily get snapped. Like, if just one of them gets, like, stuffed in the backfield and the others just go for a normal yardage, like, he's not coming anywhere close to this. Uh, you know, the I mean, the,
1: bang, the Bengals are obviously going to scheme for that this week. Exactly.
0: So, so it's these things kind of have ebbs and flows. It's like, you know, a guy like Taysom Hill, it's like he, when he's a package-specific guy, it's like, I'm sure they're going to have ways to use him this week that are going to be different from last week. And, honestly, yeah. at the goal line, I think – you know like for a touchdown i think he's he's still a decent bet because like yep. the defense knows it's coming and they still just at the goal line they just run him in anyway so uh,
1: yeah if this if this prop it's probably going to just be passing and rushing yards uh-huh. i would think but it's in the 60s or something i would definitely hammer the under uh but we'll see what they do with this this week but that that should be exciting if they post one get it up fandle yes um,
0: All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our week 6 nfl player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out our full fantasy preview episode out now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out uh, my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky right here on the Action Network podcast channel. Actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, as well as fantasyweb.com for our DFS tools. And models, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker and me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.